Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes filles et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. This is the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. I'm Mike Campbell. And we have a, a unique episode for you today, as you can tell, because I am hosting this week. Jesse is up in Quebec, so I've taken over uh, hosting duties for this episode. But we are lucky to have him as a guest today. And we are also joined by the director of the Museum of Work and Culture, uh, Anne Conway. Anne, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And we are uh, also joined by our geocaching expert, Mark Belluardo. You might remember him from our pork pie challenge video we made a couple of years ago. He was our special judge. Mark, thanks for being with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. So we today- to get over the bitterness of having lost that, by the way, too, that the judging <laughs> was, was, was suspect. My wife still has the invisible trophy in our kitchen and she celebrates it. If you want to go again, I'm happy to try more pork pie. <laughs> uh, today, we're here to talk about a very cool project we've been working on, which is the New England Franco Route GeoTour. And we're going to give you a little bit of history. So this is our first set of guests. We'll have some other guests later in the show. But we wanted to talk about how this came to be. So Jesse, can you talk about how you got the ball rolling, let's say? Yeah, sure. Um Essentially, one day I was just thinking to myself how we had all these amazing sites. Of course, I was in Manchester, so I was going around visiting some of the cool places we have in Manchester. And I was thinking how we have all these amazing sites that tie into our story, to the Franco-American, French-Canadian story. And it would be really awesome um, if we could find a way to drive more traffic uh, to some of these places to get more people even more familiar with this story. Because I think it's, an, like I said, I think it's an awesome awesome story. So uh, what popped into my head one day was how our good friend Mark was a big geocacher. Now, I didn't know very much at all about geocaching. Uh, I knew people who did it are really passionate about doing it, and they will visit all the places. And I thought, if we could somehow put together a route that would link all these various places that I think are interesting and all the various towns. Um, and I knew about the uh, Franco route project and I'm like, we could get more traffic to that project. That'd be even more awesome. So maybe if we can get the, a Franco, some kind of a Franco tour of it tour together. And I, so I got a hold of Mark and Mark wrote me back. He's like, um, so, you know, there is an actual thing called a geo tour, right? And I was like, no, I had no idea. And so I kind of tossed it over to Mark at that point to be like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is my vision. I would love if we could do something like that. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, there's also uh, the Franco route was already put together. Anne was one of the people who, who put it together originally. It's uh, Lewiston, Auburn, Bitterford, uh, both in Maine, Manchester, New Hampshire, Lowell, Massachusetts, and Woonsocket, Rhode Island, all who have important, like Jesse was saying, important stories to tell in the French-Canadian story. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But Mark, why don't you give uh, listeners a brief description of what geocaching and what a geotour is? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so if you're not familiar, geocaching, it's, it was originally set up, colloquially we call it, um, using multi-million dollar satellites to hunt for Tupperware in the woods. That's originally what we called it. Uh, so it's, the idea is that you take little containers, you know, whether it's something, you know, like a, about the size of a, a Tupperware container, maybe smaller, and you put in a little logbook where you can sign your name and you hide it someplace. And then you on, on the website or in the app, uh, you go and you mark off saying, here's, there's a, a geocache located in this spot. So any user can use the app or use their computer to identify where that is. And then they can go there, find that, item, sign their name in it to prove they've been there, and then log it off on the website. So basically, the idea is you want to send people to cool places that you know about all throughout the world, whether that is, you know, some some of them would be out in the woods, like on trails or on mountains and things like that. But there are also a lot in cities, too. So you, we put them right next to locations that are important or cool or something that you want to basically send people to that uh, you think that are, are, is relevant and important that they should check out. So the goal that we would is, we came up with was basically to say, hey, we've got all these sites in all these cities, so let's put some geocaches next to each one of those locations so that people can take this tour and go and find all of these different geocaches and see all of these important French-Canadian locations while they're at it. Yeah, so this is about when Jesse and Mark uh, came to me and started involving me in the project. And we instantly thought of uh, Anne. She was nice enough to come up on our podcast. If you want to go back, it was episode 35, uh, where she talked about the amazing uh, Museum of Work and Culture. Again, if you haven't been to this, I believe it's, it, is it open now, Anne? Or it's yes, opening? we are open uh, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And uh, the week of May 10th, we are adding a day. So it'll be... Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 10 to 4. Yeah, so if you can go, go. There's also virtual tours you can set up with Anne. We will link all that information in the show description. But we reach out to Anne because she was an important part of the uh, Franco Trails creation. So we wanted to reach out to her to see if, like Jesse was saying, reach more people that might not know about this story and to kind of cross-pollinate kind of <laughs> yeah I mean I just reached out to people I thought uh, would be r really good resources for the various towns and, and, and even in general like, I was like who who do I know that's really good at telling this story and who in some of these various towns might I want to reach out to for ideas suggestions thoughts and it was definitely one of the first ones I came up with yeah, so we reached out to Anne, and Anne, do you remember us reaching out to you? And Absolutely. <laughs> I was very excited to receive your message because, um, well, because it was the middle of the pandemic, and because um, I had launched the uh, Franco Route website just about a year prior uh, at the World, the Acadian World Congress in Moncton, New Brunswick. It was well received. Um, however, I felt like I had a few missing pieces. Um, you know, I, the museum is located in Woonsocket and certainly I know the territory very well. I know what are the important places, the important sites that tell that French Canadian story. And I knew that in every one of the cities that we had located throughout New England to be part of that grand story also had all of these important sites, just like Woonsocket. However, the work had not 
I, I guess it was what was missing was uh, that that contact, you know, in every state to make the Franco route really work. Um, you know, New England is a big, uh, it's a big region and it's not, you know, that easy to be, uh, you know, be in Maine and, and even in Manchester and, and talking, although now virtually, because we've learned so much with, uh, through the pandemic, we can meet like this, you know, and I know we've been meeting every Saturday. I don't think we've missed one Saturday since, uh, except for the Rassemblement in Maine last week, which we were still together. Um, and, and it just, you know, has made it much easier. And I think that, you know, like you were saying, uh, Mike, that cross pollination that we needed has really happened. It came together when you said, you know, you called me or you emailed me and during the pandemic, we said, well, what can we do to make, you know, the Franco route even, you know, bigger and being, you know, something that people can access during a pandemic? Well, you know, the geo tour was really the answer because people can go out and visit these places and you can, it's very much an, you know, it's an outdoor activity. Uh, now, of course, as places are reopening, people will be able to also visit the sites inside, but it was just a very exciting project. And um, at the very same time, which I felt like the stars were really aligning for us is that um, the Quebec delegation in Boston, uh, which has been a great partner for the Museum of Work and Culture has actually had reached out to me and said, because they were very instrumental with the development of the Francoroute website. And they reached out to me and they said, you know, how is it going? You know, what can we do to make this happen? And at that moment I was thinking, you know, I, I don't know, it, there's a pandemic, people are not traveling. People from Canada cannot even cross the border to come and, and visit if we're thinking tourism. And then, as I said, I received your, um, your message and then we met. I didn't know really what geocaching, my kids, you know, I have children in their 30s and they, um, they were very familiar with uh, geocaching, but I wasn't and I didn't know how we could make that work. But I think after speaking with you for maybe 15 minutes, I was like, no, this is a really good idea. And then I brought the idea to the Quebec delegation because of course we needed financial support to make this work. And uh, they were on board, you know, like very quickly. So this is, this is our story now. Yeah. And we can't thank you enough. Like we, I feel like we blinked and the next day you send us an email that's like, well, we've got the money, this let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what makes a GeoTour unique is we have the backing of the official like geocaching company. We we're gonna have a homepage where you can go to and you can get, you can access all the links in one place. We're gonna have like a little passport that will have the list of all of the caches. We're gonna have 25 caches in five different cities. So each city, uh, Lewiston, Auburn, Biddeford, Manchester, Lowell, and Woonsocket will have five unique places where you can visit and find the cash. Of course, we're not going to make it 100% easy for you. You're going to have to go to the sites. There will be a hint where exactly the cash is, but we hope maybe you can find it without the hints. But each page will have a little description telling the history and why we're sending you there. We'll get to the writers of the uh, 
the blurbs we've been calling them uh, later in the episode. I just think it's a an amazing way to to update the history to get to more and more people who might not have it. Geocaching, if you don't know, it's a worldwide thing, right, Mark? There's millions of people who do this. Absolutely. Yeah, it is like there there are geocaches on all seven continents in just about every country in the world. There are I mean, every day you have people finding caches like thousands upon thousands of caches being found every single day. And there are millions of them all around the world. It was funny while Mark and I have been working on putting the pages together, you get a unique code every time you set up a page and even Within what, Mark? It takes like five minutes to pay uh, to make to the, page. the page, yeah. And there'll be like ten or eleven new pages in between the two codes, so the the codes aren't exactly yeah. like next to each other because people are just building these pages all the time. Yeah, new, like new crash caches are being created at like the rate of like one or two every minute, basically. <laughs> wow. And Anne was mentioning the pandemic is an entire the finish line. We see the finish line. But let's let's just keep going still. But this is stuff you can do outside. All of these are outside. They're all accessible 24 hours a day. It's cool that you can do it as a family. I think that's kind of fun too. Because I know that's a big part of the groups that do these geo tours. I mean, and, and once first of all, what you mentioned, having the backing of the geo tour organization behind us was enormous. That's a major, major enormous reason that we put together an official geo tour having that resource is invaluable um but when one of the things that we talked about with them is this is something that families especially during this pandemic something that families been able to do together you get in the car you go out and try to find some caches together so i'm super excited about that everything's going to be in french and english too want to make sure we mention that so yes yeah. every every description will everything you can read concerning our geo tour will be bilingual uh, English and French. Also, we should mention you can check out geocaching.com and set up a free account. All of there are premium caches out there in the world uh, where you can sign up for like a membership, but all of our caches will be free. You can access just by putting your email address in. You don't need like there's no credit card required to sign to create an account. Uh, it's all free. There's an app uh, for smartphones, so you can. And I believe you'll be able to add all of our caches with just one button. One click of a button will can send all the cache locations to your phone. And another cool thing, uh, geocachers love collecting things. So Mark, do you want to tell a little bit about a prize you can, you can a free prize you can earn by visiting all of our sites? Yeah, absolutely. We are setting up uh, geocoin prizes. So we are going to be providing on the cash page a passport that you can print out, and it's going to have the checklist of all the different 25 caches that we have available. So as you're going through, you just make a note on each cache as you find it, indicating when you've, you've collected that one. Uh, and by the end, once you've filled out your whole passport, you can send uh, a copy of that to us, and we will uh, send you in exchange a official commemorative geocoin with our logo on it. If you visit all 25 sites, uh, no rush. Like you can, if you want to finish it that weekend, you want to take a road trip of New England. We highly encourage that. Visit these towns with this rich history. There are more sites to see than the ones that we've included. Also, if you can grab a meal in these towns, support local businesses. Local businesses still need your help. Is there anything else any of you would like to 
say? Yeah, so um, the, um, the GeoTour uh, website will go live on uh, May 21st, and uh, that will give geocachers uh, time to plan their trips and, um, you know, time for Memorial Day weekend, which is the following weekend. So we're hoping to, uh, to, to see some geocachers in, in every one of our cities along the route. Yeah, and this will be up indefinitely. So we hope plan your summer visiting some amazing New England towns um, and get a fun collectible along the way. Jesse, Mark, and Anne, I want to thank you very much for all the work you guys have put in working on this project. And I can't wait for uh, people to experience it. It's going to be fun because I think it's going to be kind of a, a dual situation where there's people who are going to be new to geocaching but are big fans of our story who are going to be introduced to geocaching but i think there's going to probably be even more people who are just giant geocache fans that are going to learn about our story for the first time and i think that's very very awesome and i'm super excited for that yeah. you mentioned it's been a bunch of work i think you i think you undershot it with the four to five months because we've been at it for longer than that the first conversation mark and i had but no we're super excited about getting this off the ground for sure yeah, and I think it's I think it's just a super cool thing that we can include these two groups and I think it's going to work together perfectly. Absolutely. This is just the right time to to, you know, as things are starting to open up, it gives people an opportunity who have been sitting at home all for the past year to start traveling, you know, bring people from outside of New England to come up and check out these places that they may have never been before just to, you know, as an excuse to come and see something new and learn a little bit about it while they're at it. Okay, so I want to thank Jesse, your normal host of the French Canadian Legacy Podcast, uh, Mark Belluardo, our quote-unquote geocaching expert, <laughs> and Anne Conway, the director of the Museum of Work and Culture. Thank you guys very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. So now I'm here with Melody Kylig. You might know Melody from the Modern Franco's blog, and every other week she does the news segment of our podcast. Melody, hello. Hello. And I'm also joined by friend of the show, Patrick Lacroix. You might know Patrick from his Query the Past blog and his new book, John F. Kennedy and the Politics of Faith, which you can get now. I have brought Patrick and Melody here because they are crucial, important, some might even say the most important people to help us with the, the New England Franco Route Geo Tour. When you go to each of these pages, you're going to see beautiful descriptions in both English and French about all of these sites you'll be visiting. And these and those descriptions were written by, you guessed it, Melody and Patrick. And I just wanted to have them come on and thank them for their work. I think all of the, the blogs are fantastic. And uh, did you guys have fun working on this project? It was nice to practice writing these descriptions of places that, of some places that I had never heard of. So I learned a few new things, got some more experience writing about places in New England. I don't know a whole lot about New England, even though I'm originally from here. So that was an interesting part of it too. And then, you know, obviously it's all with Franco-American history. So that was definitely more interesting to write about and read about as we were doing this. They worked on the descriptions for uh, locations in Lowell, Massachusetts, Manchester, New Hampshire, Bitterford, Maine, and I think a couple or one in Lewiston. Yep, they're nodding ahead. Yeah. It works very yeah. well yes. on an audio podcast. <laughs> yes. 
This is true. Wait, did you guys have any favorite things or any fun facts you learned while working on it? So what I would say is that I've been to all these cities, all five that are currently um, on the tour and potentially future <laughs> cities on the tour as well. I'm hoping it expands. So I've been to all these places, but not all the actual locations on the geo tour. So like former schools, um, a lot of historic sites I had only heard about and some I learned about for the first time doing this project. Um, and I would say that many of, the, of those are kind of off the beaten path or um, they're not particularly well known. So it's a great opportunity with the geo tour to share kind of this hidden facet of Franco-America uh, through the built landscape, through landmarks, through parks, statues, you name it, uh, even cemeteries. So there's so much information out there. And once we started peeling back layers, it was kind of amazing just how, how rich that heritage is beyond, you know, the one or two statues we usually point to. So there was so much there and I definitely learned a lot, even though I thought I was well acquainted with all these cities. Well, that's exactly what we want to hear. Thanks for saying that. Also, Patrick did all of the translations. Is that now I don't know another language is it easy to to translate so my i will say that um until i was writing my latest manuscript which is in french uh my written french was fairly rusty i hadn't used it a whole lot just from having lived in new hampshire for the better part of seven years and living in nova scotia and um a lot of my work is in english so um but luckily working on french projects last year including the next manuscript really helped me <laughs> kind of not relearn basic grammar, which I knew, but at least become a little bit more comfortable. So with a lot of these blurbs, I could translate them in, gosh, maybe half an hour, maybe a little bit more. Sometimes you want to get the right tone or the right formulation, and it's not a perfect word-for-word -word translation. So those are sometimes a little bit more difficult or sometimes, sometimes something that sounds fine in English uh, you know, you'll write it in French word for word and it just sounds repetitive and quirky. So I did a little bit of tweaking. Um, but it was actually a lot of fun to, to translate. And I'm so glad that the project will be available in both languages. So hopefully we can have, <laughs> once a border reopens, we can have all of our friends in Quebec over to, to explore and sharing this experience. I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities, right? There have been in terms of cross-border communication so if we can invite people over to, to explore these sites in their own language, and who knows, maybe they'll read the English too. Maybe Melody's work will also be, you know, valued. I'm kidding, of course. It's all great. But it's good that it's going to be available in both languages. And I think that works too for both, even uh, like native English speakers being able to just see the French below it. I think it's really interesting. Like I don't uh, speak any French yet, but looking at it it's it's interesting just to just to see it and so i cannot thank both of you enough for all the work you put into this the hours of research and writing and translating i kept coming to you with more and more sites to add <laughs> and you graciously without complaint <laughs> were willing to help out. So we just wanted to take a minute and thank you guys. Thank you both so very much. Melody, can you plug Modern Francos for a minute? Oh yeah, sure. So Modern Francos is my blog about the Franco-American experience in a creative and modern 
way. I am trying to get the youth involved, uh, my fellow 20-somethings involved. Uh, so Sounds good. And Patrick, do you want to plug anything real quick? Well, I want to plug two things. First, uh, Melody's work, because she did a lot of the historical research for this, um, and I was kind of more at the translating end. Um, so I really respect and admire that because that was a lot of work. So um, bonus points there, I guess, that are entirely metaphorical and therefore kind of worthless. Uh, I also want to plug uh, my website, createthepast.com slash Franco hyphen Americans forward slash, um, where I post uh, new material, new content, new stories, new history every two weeks. So um, somewhat initially by coincidence, Melody and I have been kind of alternating so one week you get a dose of modern Francos, um, which again is, is more focused on the present and future and kind of, um, some might say more relevant. I would not, I would not, but <laughs> some might say that. Um, and then the next week on alternating weeks, uh, you have my historical research. So you get a little bit of, a little bit of both, which I think is also true of the GeoTour. Yeah, we tried to we tried to look towards the future while also uh, expanding on the past. So I want to thank you both. QueryThePast.com slash Franco hyphen Americans and ModernFrancos.com with an E. Modern with an E. Yeah, with an e. And you can sign up for email notifications from Melody. Patrick, are you on the on the future email list? No, um, I don't understand any of that, and it's beyond my technological know-how. Yeah, it, I um, figured emails are, are a thing of the youth. Yeah, so, <laughs> so people can text me on my brick phone for more information. Yeah, and one day Patrick will be TikToking his way into the future, but until that That's day... That's what I was telling you. I was telling you, you got to do a, a query the past TikTok. <laughs> So we will post links for both of these blogs and Patrick's book where you can order it online in the show description below. Again, I cannot thank these two enough. Please check out their work. They are brilliant writers. We are honored to have them involved in this project and to be considered friends of the show. I mean, Melody, Melody is a part of the show, but Patrick is a friend of the show. So I thank them both so much and check out their work. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.